So much great Advertising Week content, so little time. Snackable AI is now helping you navigate podcasts like this one, event sessions, and other content with chapters, topic tags, and more. Find the insights that matter to you faster than ever before. Learn more at snackable.ai. Are you tired of hearing the same advice? These leading women, all of them Advertising Week, Futurist Female winners and nominees, will give it to you straight. In this session from Advertising Week Europe 2022, you'll hear their hard-hitting advice, the things they've learned along the way, and what they wish they'd known all along. We hope you enjoy this episode. Good morning, everyone. Hello and welcome to day three of Advertising Week Europe. Hello to everybody watching at home. Thank you for joining us. I'm Louise DiUlio, and I am the Executive Director of Global Partnerships and Advertising Week New York, as well as the Co-Chair of Futurist Female Awards at Stowell Partners, all at Advertising Week. So thank you for joining us. We have an amazing panel here with us today, all Futures Female Winners alumni from 2021. So we're very excited to have them. Um, and I will pass to my right to allow them to introduce themselves. Thank you. So hi, I'm Charlotte Williams. I'm the founder of inclusive marketing agency 76. We focus on influence marketing and building representation in the ad industry. I'm Kat Agostino, I'm the co-founder of Imagine Insights and we enable brands and agencies to crowdsource qualitative and quantitative feedback, ideas and insights from our global Gen Z community in 111 countries and that allows brands and agencies to shape their products, marketing and branding all within 72 hours. Hi everyone, I'm Rani, Director of Cultural Collaborations at Liberty which is a youth marketing and purpose agency based in Brixton and we turn 21 this month, actually. Congratulations. <laughs> this is clearly a very esteemed and amazing uh, panel here. We're very excited to be chatting about particularly things I wish I knew um, and how you know, we've reached this, this amazing point in, uh, in your lives and kind of how we can shape for the, for the future of women. So we'll jump right in. Um, thinking of your early careers, um, is there a specific decision that you think may have helped got you here, or more importantly, that you might regret? Um, you know, and what was that decision and how has it transformed your life um, as of today? Charlotte, do you know? I think my biggest uh, like positive decision that I made really early on in my career was speaking up. So I always knew I wanted to work in, I didn't know where I wanted to be, I didn't know I'd be here, but I always knew I wanted to work in marketing. I loved all things social media. So. I um, started my marketing career at my first proper job. I was an admin assistant, and basically the person who was doing social media for the company, it was a tech company, wasn't very good, and in a meeting said something about the Twitter, and me being me, I was like, oh, the Twitter is so awful. <laughs> and the woman was like, I do the Twitter. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. Um, and she was like, well, if you think you can do better, then go ahead. And I was like, okay. And then two years later, I was the head of marketing for the company, which if I didn't say that in that meeting, and I didn't mean to be rude, but if I didn't say that in the meeting and basically say like, we as a company could do better, yeah. I would like to take that opportunity to help us grow. Um, and I kept quiet and was maybe a bit more um, 
in my place as a junior, yeah. I wouldn't, I don't think I'd be here today. It's an amazing story. It's definitely worth taking the risks. Kat, what about you? I think from a regret perspective, I, I was very lucky to have been promoted uh, quite early on to a manager position within, within my company then. Um, but I think it was too soon. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I wasn't a great manager to be honest. I really wasn't very good. And I wish I had asked for help and asked for some more training and to support me in that journey. And so, yes, of course, it was brilliant to, to be rewarded for, for what I was doing. But yeah, just putting my hand up and, and asking for that help, I think would yeah. have made me a much better manager. It's interesting, I think, particularly as women, um, this is not a new discovery, but I think we struggle sometimes with saying, you know, raising your hand and saying like, I do need help. You do kind of want to have that ability to do it all or, yeah you know, think that it's fine, I got it. But Ronnie, what about you? Interesting um, to hear. Yeah, I was thinking back to probably seven years ago in my career when I was working on a youth charity, cancer charity um, campaign called Trust Your Touch, which was for Copperfield. And at the time, um, it was a pro bono account. We had no money, which meant you really don't have that much support within the agency. But um, we developed this film, which ended up being a TV ad, and in order to kind of, I guess, get young people to trust their touch, which is feel their breasts, their chests, um, to check for breast cancer, any lumps, any abnormalities, we wanted to show what that looked like and breasts have been censored in media. So um, we had an edit, a clip, which showed um, a full naked breast and I guess back then, I didn't think it was possible because it had never been done before, but I challenged Claire Class to show the full naked breast with kind of providing data and information and I guess that was like a positive transformation for me because it kind of showed me what leadership looked like and you don't always have to be at the top to be a leader and it also showed me um, you can be courageous and like and have the audacity to kind of push against what people are saying because lots of people are like this has never been done before the way Clearcast works is like based on case studies and examples and how you're going to do it so yeah that would be Amazing. I think it's clear between, from all the answers, you know, courage seems to be kind of a, a um, you know, within everyone. And I think that was an important piece. Um, it's interesting to think, you know, in addition to that, what kind of qualities do you think are really important to have in this industry to be successful? Um, you know, what have you encountered? What have you grown with? It'd be interesting to hear. Um, and additionally, you know, how do you think that it's, I, particularly post-pandemic, it feels very different. Yeah. Um, people, younger people starting now, Gen Z and mm. all that, you know, what, how have you seen it change and what kind of qualities do, does it seem that people will find important now? It'd be interesting, Ronnie, mm. you wanna keep going? So I always say this to my team all the time and to myself as well, which is resilience. So yeah. I feel I'm pretty resilient, but it's having resilience and then the capacity to learn. So I think post-COVID has shown the level of resilience we have to be as a kind of human race. But I think the industry is pretty tough um, for lots of different reasons, being a female and all the other intersects within that. So whether you're black, POC, your neurodiversity, your ability. So resilience and capacity to learn is one, but I do think empathy and compassion. And I think um, historically advertising has formed a kind of culture that isn't very empathetic. And I think in this new generation we need to be, especially post-COVID. Yeah, you never know what somebody else is going mm -hmm. through, yeah. what happens behind closed doors. Yeah. Kat, do you have any? Yeah, and it, it kind of follows on from that, actually. And it's, 
I think you can be a leader, I think you can be successful, I think you can be a change maker, but I also think you can be nice. And I've always said that, you know, I don't think you need to be rude to people or I, I think you shouldn't make assumptions about a person before you truly get to, to yeah. understand them and get to know them. And my motto, and I've had this motto for ages, is that your success will come if you help others along the way. And I truly, truly believe yeah. that. So, you know, you can be nice, you can help others, um, and ultimately then your success will come from that. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I think, you know, the human aspect um, of just working can't be lost on us. Mm -hmm. You know, Charlotte, has you, I don't know if you've had similar experiences. Yeah. But no, I would echo both of those, um, those those thoughts. Unfortunately, I feel like the industry, it still is a bit of a boys club. So yeah. we these qualities are really important, but also, um, yeah, the hard work, you just have to be good at what you do and then be able to prove it and back it up. Um, and having things like being nice and, and being consistent is always great because then people will remember you. Mm. Um, but you just have to have that resilience of, Especially, I feel like um, on the founder side or yeah. in like senior management, when you are just up against, as women, up against um, normally just a whole pool of men, yeah. um, having to prove your worth is is always yeah important. Yes, and uh, Kat, I know that's something that we discussed uh, the other day, also pre-panel of you know dealing with that imposter syndrome of kind of you are you do have to be good at your job and you should be proud of it, but. How do you deal with that when internally you may not actually feel that same way? Mm. Um, I think as females and women in the industry, it's important to project the positivity. Mm. So it'd be interesting to hear a little bit more about your story and how you know you've dealt with imposter syndrome, particularly from all three of you. Yeah, um, it's definitely something I struggle with. So interested to hear and learn. <laughs> Yeah, I, I find this, it's, it's actually really important to me and I just wanted to reference, when we were talking, reference an article that Amy Keane wrote back in, I think, November 2020, all around imposter syndrome and she talks about the fact that you are, it's not something you're born with, it's not something that is your fault, but in fact it's passed on to you by others, a bit like a virus. So mm. she doesn't call it imposter syndrome, she calls it a, a virus and it really resonated with me because I had a awful experience in one particular role at a company a long time ago and it really broke me and I realised that it wasn't down to me not being good at my job. Um, it wasn't, I didn't do great work because I had lost my confidence. I was massively qualified for that role but it was due to how others treated me and the insecurities that those people had that then made me feel that way. And something else she says within that article is that hurt, hurt people yeah, people that are hurting hurt others. People that are suffering make others suffer. And it took me a long time to realise that actually, yeah, maybe that wasn't the right role for me, but actually it, you know, it wasn't down to me not being qualified for that job or being good enough to be there. And it's now that I can talk so openly about that, which has really helped me to yeah. overcome it. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's hard to get to that point. Um, but I think once you reach it, it's important for people around you. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Ronnie and Charlotte, I'm not sure if you've had. No, I totally agree with the like yeah. infectious thing because I think energy is infectious. I think For mentality, sure. cultures, and they're bred within these like agencies and wider industries. And I think it totally is one of those things where it's a mindset which is either shared and kind of adopted. And 
my thing with imposter syndrome is I've just got to a point and realised that no one knows what they're doing and we're all figuring it out. <laughs> so really and truly, really and truly, I'm not going to bring myself down because I know the person next to me is also trying to work out how to make TikTok pop off for them. Yeah. For that brand. Because things are moving so quickly. And I think back in the day, back in the day, when I started and there was just above the line and below the line and there was these quite structured ways of doing marketing, it was quite scientific and academic in that way and like you had to know it and I pride myself on knowing that but as the world is moving so fast like there's there's young people literally creating content and becoming like millionaires off of that and power to them and it doesn't mean because you've done this that you should so I'm kind of like I'm of the mindset like yeah we can do it let's just make it happen let's go yeah. with it just be to be yeah yeah totally agree I actually Someone asked me about imposter syndrome yesterday. I was having a, a lunch meeting with another female founder and I said, I don't actually have it anymore. I don't, sometimes I feel like, oh, I'm not sure if I can do that um, because maybe I haven't done it before and that's fine. But I, I've read so many articles now. I've seen so many talks. I've met so many other founders who have basically said they had no idea what they were doing until they did. <laughs> or there's so many founders who have talked about, oh, I've raised this much money and we're doing amazing now. But like two years into the business, we nearly went bankrupt mm -hmm. or whatever happened. But they didn't show that on LinkedIn. They, yeah. they weren't yeah. posting yeah. that on their Facebook or wherever they're posting. Take it till you make it. <laughs> yeah. So everyone is literally doing that. And I think now I'm aware of that. And now I know that everything online isn't like gospel. Yeah. I am very open to just being like, it is what it is, you know? We have a good week, we have a bad week, and whatever happens, we've got our goals. And I think that's just really important, just be focused and know what your end goals are. And then with that, it's constantly going back because it's really easy to get into that negative mindset and to feel kind of bogged down by other people's negativity and, and whatever they're thinking. And then you then get into this flow. You don't check in with yourself. You don't check in with your goals, your strategy your KPIs, and then you're literally just in this spiral. So I think to remove imposter syndrome is just being good at what you do and being surrounded by people who appreciate you. If that is possible, everyone's yeah. work environments are different. And then also just, yeah, making sure that you're not listening too much about what X exactly. person is saying on LinkedIn. The, the, <laughs> the spiral is, the, is real yeah, yeah. once it starts. Mm -hmm. um, but you all mentioned, um, you know, the power of the people around you, mm -hmm. which I think is very important. Um, I think I will agree with Ronnie and energy feeds off energy. Yeah. Um, and in that being, you know, mentorship, particularly, I think when you're starting out young in the industry or um, as you grow throughout is something that is invaluable, I think, for both females and for males. Um, and having that mentor, whether it is a, a woman or a man, um, is something that really helps shape you. Um, Ronnie, I know we talked a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how has that helped you become who you are? Are you yeah. a mentor now, even because of so that? I, yeah, I do mentor a lot of young talent in the business. But for me, that's come from being mentored and yeah. seeing the value in it. And I think I, got, I started out my career in like 2008, 2009 and kind of didn't see any women in leadership, let alone women of color. So it was really like a confusing space for me to navigate and a very difficult space to navigate. And I think probably about six years in, I met Leanne Rhee, um, who at the time worked at Liberty and was in senior management. And she was like the first woman 
black woman I'd seen in a place of leadership that was doing the work that I wanted to do. And um, when I met her, I thought that she's going to be putting on this performance. She's going to be navigating this space in a certain way in order to like exist. But she was very similar to me. She was very much connected to her blackness. She was very direct and very just like about doing great work and kind of no BS. So I related to her in that way. And I guess for me, she was like a representation that I hadn't seen, but she was also that person that I could just call on for like so much support. So I think mentoring, having a mentor is really, really important. And I always encourage people to have one. And I've gone on to have other mentors and yeah. I wanted to work at Liberty and actually not through her, but through having another mentor at Liberty. And then I navigate my way there now. But I think it is really important. I think what you learn, it's important to pass that on as well. Yeah, I agree. I think it's also, I think it's a lot of um, you know the questions that people might have are kind of where do you find these mentors? I don't know. Mm. Um, I'd love to hear from you, Kat, and you, Charlotte, too, on kind of how has this helped shape you, but also for anyone looking for a mentor. We, uh, you know, not to volunteer for anyone, but we have some great some great minds up here, and kind of where do you find those, and how do you help use what you've learned to, for the future? Um, I mean, I I'm a big fan of building a community of connections so be that yeah. you know on LinkedIn be call it a network if you like but I prefer the term connections um, and identifying people that you think might help you and it goes back to my previous point of if you ask for help if you ask for advice it's very rare that if you went up to somebody and said oh would you mind if I asked you a question or actually I've been you know investigating or researching your profile and I think you could really benefit me or could I ask you some advice that that person would say no and if they do say no then you know maybe that you don't want them to be yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think if you build that connection base early and you start using those connections to help you and to ask questions of then you'll probably likely find a mentor that way um, I was also lucky to have really good mentors through my early career which has now meant like Rani I can give back and, and mentor lots of young women in, in the industry and beyond um, but yeah I would urge it to be from you know building as many connections as you can early on. I have the off opposite experience I didn't know mentors oh, I love that. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah. so I come from, I don't know where I've been but I didn't get a mentor till last year I still it's kind of like a work in progress but I did genuinely did not know that mentorship was a accessible to someone like me and b that it was free and it it just blew my mind when I got into business and people were like oh yeah my mentor my mentor I was like who is your mentor like what, what is this how do you find these people <laughs> so I got a mentor last year through MIFA which is media for all um which focuses specifically on people of color within the advertising space um and they have a free mentorship program which is really exciting because a lot of the other um programs are paid for which mm. I find quite confusing um, there's also um, I'm, I do mentor as well because I always understood the need for it I just didn't realize that I personally right. could get always, like it just always feels a bit weird. to help others and yeah, yeah I was like okay I'll just I'll just do it so I tonight actually my first time but I'm working with okay mentor so we, we've got a big um, collection tonight where all the mentors coming together but that's more for junior people. So I'm actually going to go tonight and be like, does anyone want to be my mentor? I know I am a mentor, but yeah, I didn't realize it was a thing. And everyone I know that has a mentor, or I knew before, you know, two years ago, was not from a working class background, wasn't white. And predominantly the mentors were like older men that came from like family connections yeah. or friends. And I just 
didn't have that. So I just assumed that mentorship wasn't for me. But now I understand it. I'm like, if anyone here wants to be my mentor, <laughs> anyone at home, come at me. Like, I'm, I'm open to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's very interesting. I love to hear the different perspectives. Um, you know, you mentioned a little bit about diversity, and I think it's very clear to all um, their diversity is an issue, particularly in our industry. Mm. Um, you know, it might vary based on market, um, probably tell by my accent. Obviously, I'm not from the UK, I'm from New York, and I think our diversity issues are slightly different than the ones you have here, but um, I think it's important to obviously discuss. So um, would love to hear a little bit more um, about what you mentioned, Charlotte, from how do you deal with it? How do, one, why is it important, which seems like an obvious yeah. question and, and issue, but how do we help create that and really looking towards the next generation? How are things that you wish you knew, you know, in addition to the mentorship, what else kind of really would be valuable? Yeah. I think with advertising, it's like a really weird thing to say, but our jobs are really important. We set culture, we set um, kind of the view of what the world looks like to our audiences. So if there's a lack of diversity, not just in front of the camera, but behind, then there is a real issue. And my personal opinion on the lack of diversity in the, in the industry is that if we don't have a diverse group of workers on campaigns, then when it comes to um, putting the campaigns together, how are we actually going to genuinely, let's use the buzzword, authentically, <laughs> like reach the audiences that we want to reach and, and sell because it is what it is, we're selling, sell the products that we want to sell because we're not, we don't have the experience as these people to speak to certain groups of people. We can do as much research and data as we want around specific groups, but why don't we just hire people from those groups to, to, you know, to, to get that information? Um, so that's one of my, my biggest um, things in the industry is like we just need more people from different backgrounds. We've had our... Um, censuses we had the ipa did the census in yep. 2020 and then um all hands in was in 2021 and it will happen again this year and hopefully more agencies take part in it um because last year i think only 20 percent of the industry took part um but we're essentially trying to figure out what it looks like to work in advertising what's the face of advertising and how then we can we can change it i think it's obvious what we need to change but i think data is <laughs> always great so let's just get it out there but um yeah, I think there's a class issue massively within advertising, um, which a lot of it comes down to the unpaid internship realm, um, which I've only realized recently is still a thing. You can still have unpaid interns it's, legally. I didn't, crazy. I thought it was illegal, but there are loopholes around it. Um, so getting people to work for free, if you can't afford to work for free, you're not gonna be able to mm. do it. Right. Um, the way you hire, a lot of it comes from word of mouth and nepotism. In my company, nepotism is great because we pretty much only know people of color and people from working class backgrounds, so we're getting people in. But in a company where you know, you'd come from a more privileged background, different schoolings, whatever that might be, different universities, that nepotism's not gonna be you know, a positive effect to the industry. So yeah, there's a lot that needs to be done, but I personally believe it's easy fixes. We just need to find the right people to help you hire appropriately because not everyone can do it themselves. Easy fixes, but it needs to be done. But it needs to be done. <laughs> we, the time about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no more reports. Yeah, Ronnie, I see you. Looks like you're thinking and I have some a lot up there. I'd love to. Yeah. No, I'm just trying to manage my filter. Yeah. I mean, please, no, we everything love, to we what love you, no to, filter here. <laughs> everything to what Charlotte said. It's a circular, it's a like it's a circular thing. So I think yes, everything we do in advertising 
uh, kind of sets the tone for in culture. And there is this point about who we like wanting to access those audiences. But there is just a reality that a lot of brands at the moment still don't care to access those audiences. Yeah. So for me, it's, it's like there's two sides to it. The more inclusive media and advertising becomes, uh, the more we can appeal and like represent that and actually normalize the cultural perspective and understanding of like the various communities and individuals that exist in the human race. Um, and therefore brands will then want to kind of fish where they are. Um, so they are easy fixes, but I guess the elephant in the room for me is that the people that kind of gatekeep this industry, like it's great, we're set up here, but we actually represent a minority of, I guess, the change makers in the industry. Mm. Um, a lot of the big ad advertising agencies and, business and brands that we service are owned by cis white middle class men. Middle aged white men. Yeah. And <laughs> they're running the world. Um, so I think it's having more businesses like both your businesses and at Liberty at the moment we're 100% female uh, senior management. That's amazing. To take up space and to kind of be, I guess, creating what we need to create and kind of occupying um, those, those briefs from those brands. So I think it's, and yeah. And I guess investing, and I think something that's really important is, yes, it's great that you get people to come up on stage and, and talk, but after those talks and after listening, it's like, are you gonna work with those companies? Are you mm. gonna invest in those companies? Um, because a lot of the backgrounds that these middle-class white men come from, it's the old boys club, they're able to speak to a friend. They, they, a lot of them have funding that comes, that's like never ending. Every time I speak to certain agencies, they're, they're like, oh, we're raising again. It's because they, they have the opportunity to do so. Um, and it's just like a normal culture. But there are so many businesses that can just use a non-exec member for the board or like just a little help from someone who's been there before. But um, I speak to so many founders from smaller agencies and smaller businesses that they just don't really get seen unless it's like now, when it's like D&I yeah. side. So I think that's something to think about. You know, it's not just about having these conversations that I said before, the reports, we need to stop them because we just need to do and do comes from investment yeah. mm. and that's money and time. Yeah, yeah because it has, for me, it's felt like over the years, like a marketing ploy on the industry. The industry's marketing itself to be diverse. Yeah. And that's a marketing ploy because yeah. I think for a moment they thought it was a trend. Oh, yeah. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. And I think now they're realizing there's demand from consumers to have better representation. They're scrambling and now they're trying to figure it out. So it will happen in time, but yeah. yeah. And I mean, from a hiring perspective, I couldn't agree more. Um, I think I often talk about, you know, we have to look at ethnicity and gender. Of course, they are crucial, but we have to go beyond that. And we have to think about diversity in thought, yeah. approach, education, like you said, where you come from. You know, I've co-founded a company that is all focused around Gen Z insights yeah. on behalf of brands and agencies to get those brands and, and agencies to, to make sure they're listening to the consumer. But I also come from a mixed heritage background from South London, grew up in a council estate, didn't go to university. And so I want to hire people into our business that are also very different from me. Yeah. And to give opportunities to those people that are not, you know, 
just higher education that actually bring different perspectives into the room. Right. That diversity and thought piece is just so crucial. And if we can all start thinking in that way, then we'll listen to other opinions in the room. That's where the innovation happens ultimately. Totally, you can have the highest degree in the world, but might not be uh, too successful or you know easy to work with in the boardroom. Yeah, uh, you need those different perspectives, yeah. and I think to your point, data is great, and it obviously you know helps push forward the future. But there's nothing like real life learning no. yeah. or you know feeling vibing off of people in yeah. a sense. Um, all right, so we have two and a half minutes left. Ooh. So really quick, really <laughs> quick one. I think this is important. You know. Uh, what message would you share with the next generation? Um, obviously, the name of the panel is Things I Wish I Knew. So, in a few words, uh, Ronnie, you want to start with you? I see you smiling Ooh. at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just smiling. I'm just so happy to be here. There's nothing actually going on in my mind, too. Tough. Um, what would I say? I would say uh, use your intuition. I always say this to a younger generation um, provoke and challenge and um, continue to like express yourself. I think this all comes from places where I felt stifled, so I'm kind of trying to make sure no one gets caught up in the web ideas. I think, yeah, ask for help, but also if you're looking for a career, a role, find a company or you know, culture is just everything. We've built a culture first business, but find a company or a role that has purpose and meaning to you because it will make such a difference mm. to what you go on to achieve. 100%, that's similar to mine. It's wherever you first start really sets the tone for what your career is gonna be in terms of what you learn. So I think it's important to find who you wanna work for. Mm. It might be, they might not be a famous celebrity on social media, they might just be someone who just has a really great business and you have to do your research on LinkedIn to find them. But find that person, the purpose, the vision of how you match with that company and, and that founder or, or that organization and start there because I feel like it's different now starting in advertising now but compared to 10 years ago when I started it's very different and I feel like there is more opportunity which is exciting but you, especially if you come from a minority background that there's you're wanted you're needed right now not wanted you're needed so pick wisely, choose where you want to be and um, make it happen in whatever way you can. Be that sliding into the DMs, be that turning up to talks, whatever it might be. Um, writing, I get lots of like random essays written to me um, <laughs> and like dissertations thrown my way. And like shine, like sparkle, express yourself and yeah. I love that. I think there's something in knowing as a younger generation that you are the prize for a lot of these businesses. Yeah. You're the value um, yeah. because they are scrambling to work out how to future-proof themselves and you're part of that. But don't let that yourself. get to your head because then yeah. 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 there's the other side of that. You also know nothing. So like yeah. That, yeah. you have to start somewhere. That's like quite important. Well, you three are all amazing. Um, thank you so much for joining us. I can see why you are all Futures female winners. <laughs> thank you for um, This is an amazing session. I appreciate your honesty in the conversation. And thank yeah, you. it was lovely, lovely to be on stage with you all. Thank, thank you everyone for joining us. Thank you for listening. For more content like this, and to learn about Advertising Week's world-leading events for the advertising, marketing, and technology industries, Visit www.advertisingweek.com and follow us on social media.